We know quarterback will be a priority to upgrade for the Falcons this offseason, but what will be their next biggest priority? Will it be wide receiver or the pass rush? You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. And so, guys, if you don't know me, I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for far too long, at, formerly at Falcons.com. RIP. Still going strong on this illustrious podcast. You may also know me as Sirius Black or Mr. Drew or Mr. AKA. And a special shout out to the everydayers and all of you that make this illustrious podcast your first listen. Uh, And if you want to follow in their footsteps, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So um, I, I apologize up front. I am still dealing with COVID or at least the fallout of covid so i will be having some uh, cough drops in my mouth throughout today's episode so hopefully it doesn't mess up the audio uh too much it's not too distracting for you guys but this is probably going to be a, a thing that i'm going to be dealing with for several more days just because like i already have upper respiratory issues and so this is not helping so it's going to probably take me a more a longer to recover than your average person does uh from that but um today's episode is not the all 22 review that you normally get uh, because the All-22 review, similar to last week with Christmas and this week with New Year's Eve, was delayed in dropping. So I wasn't able to watch it on Tuesday morning like I normally can. It did drop Tuesday, late Tuesday afternoon, basically right before I started recording this. And so the minute I'm done recording this, I will uh, dive into that. And that will drop for you guys hopefully Wednesday around lunchtime uh, on YouTube. And then, yeah, same thing for your audio platforms. But Instead, we're going to do a, a mailbag. You know me. I, I love my mailbags when I got nothing else to talk about. And, you know, I'm basically two steps away from checking out from the season. Uh, so I, I don't really have a lot to say that it hasn't already been said a thousand times. Um, and so we have one question sent in by Locked on Falcons Insider. Shout out to you, Richie. Uh, you you will get a whole episode devoted to answering this one question. Uh, the, the stars align for you. I, I don't promise that for the Lockdown Falcons insights on a regular basis. Uh, you guys do get priority when it comes to these mailbags. But uh, Richie, you will have an entire episode devoted to you. So we'll talk about wide receiver and edge rusher and why, to me, those are the two biggest positions of priority to upgrade this offseason. And we'll talk both rather than me trying to nail down one. But without further ado, let's get into Richie's question, which is, Besides the quarterback and head coach, what would you say is the next most important position the Falcons need to address in the offseason? Who are some of the options available to us at that position via free agency in the draft? And that, of course, again, comes from Richie. And so my answer to this question, Richie, is wide receiver and edge. And depending on the day kind of determines which one I feel, because I, I think it really kind of just depends on what do you think is going to be the, the key to beating teams like Kansas City and Dallas and Philadelphia, you know, next year? Is it going to be 
outscoring those offenses, getting into shootouts with those offenses and winning shootouts, or is it going to be playing great defense and shutting down those offenses and hoping to win a lower scoring game? And, you know, what your answer to that, it, you know, depends, right? But, um, you know, I think you you want, you need, this team needs to get more explosive at the wide receiver position. Um, and they also need to improve their pass rush as well, right? They're, they're, hopefully we'll get to 40 sacks this year, um, you know, on Sunday. And that will be modest improvement. But, you know, it doesn't feel like a 40 sack season because a lot of those sacks came in a handful of games, right? They were able to rack up sacks in, in a handful of games. And for most of this season, especially the first half of the season, you know, they were, you know, getting like one or two sacks and whatnot. And so, yeah. So the other position that I think you could make a case for, I wouldn't put it above wide receiver edge, is cornerback. Um, and I, the reason why I wouldn't make a case, because I, I think you have a good number two corner already on your roster in Jeff Okuda, but the Falcons don't seem to agree with that assessment. And so, you know, we, we're getting Clark Phillips, and we'll see how the Falcons address that issue. I'm not necessarily, you know, thinking that, oh, they need to make a priority of upgrading the cornerback position this offseason just because I'm not one of those folks that really truly believes that, you know, having to lock down, shut down corners, not to say it's not valuable, but I don't think that's a way to sort of the foundation of building your defense, right? Just because coverage is not necessarily something that is sustainable year to year, right? That's one of the things that, we, talk, we talked about this years ago on the podcast where PFF did a study, which is what's more important, coverage or, or pass rush. And coverage was more impactful than pass rush, but pass rush is more consistent year to year. And so coverage is more like, you know, up and down year to year. And pass rush is just kind of steady. And so from a team building philosophy, you know, I get why you would go either way. But for me, I, I tend to lean towards pass rush. Um, and for that reason, so to me, getting a, a another book in next to AJ Terrell, all that to say is not necessarily going to be as big a priority to me as upgrading pass rush. But um, that being said, let's talk more about edge rusher coming up uh, in today's episode. And we'll break down to answer your question, Richie, sort of some of the top free agents and some of the top draft prospects, at least sitting here today in early January um, on who could potentially be realistic targets for the Atlanta Falcons, and we'll get into that as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. So guys, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, comedy, music, and theater near you. They have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guaranteed. The killer last-minute deals mean you can buy tickets right up to the start of the event and even after. Those all-in prices mean you're not going to get hit with hidden fees. Views from your seat means you can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive and their best price guarantee means if you find tickets in the same section and row for less they'll credit you 110 percent the difference take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase that's term supply again creating a code create an account and redeem code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guarantee. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. 
Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. So let's talk edge rusher, right? And, you know, I think most people would generally agree that the Falcons need a quote-unquote alpha edge rusher. And I don't know if the Falcons are going to be able to find an alpha edge rusher this offseason. We'll see, right? There are some players that are kind of borderline, right? Um, And when we talk free agency, we're going to be basing our opinion heavily off of the recently released PFF top 100 free agent rankings. Um, And our boy, Brad Spielberger, friend of the show, uh, did some projections on what contracts certain guys will get including certain guys that he expects to get tagged. And so we're going to assume some of those tag players are not going to be available. And for the edge rush class, that assumes Josh Allen of the Jaguars and Brian Burns of the Panthers are going to get tagged, which would leave, you know, some of the top edge rushers. And we're also operating under the assumption, which is maybe not a safe assumption, that Ryan Nielsen and Arthur Smith are going to be back next year. So we're going to be tailoring our targets list to what we know those guys will be. Obviously, if the Falcons have brand new coaching staff, you know, a week from, or obviously it's not going to be a week from today, but, you know, if they're looking for a brand new coaching staff, then all this goes out the window. So basically, that's why we'll talk about it now. Um, And we'll probably wind up, if we need to, revisiting this, you know, come February and whatnot. So probably your top option in free agency is going to be Daniel Hunter, right? Just because, like, in terms of, like, size that Brian... Uh, Ryan Nielsen likes, right? So like a player like Bryce Huff or Carl Lawson um, or Josh Uche is not going to be someone that the Falcons are going to be particularly interested in in free agency this offseason, but someone who can have that size. Like basically the perfect Ryan Nielsen defensive end is like 6'5", 270, 35-inch arms, may not be the bendiest guy, but can can set the edge, bull rush, all that sort of stuff. Um, Daniel Hunter is probably the top option. Then you have Chase Young, right? You could throw Jonathan Grenard in there. Uh, Jadavian Clowney. Zadarius Smith. Leonard Floyd. Uh, probably not as bulky as Ryan Nielsen likes, but he, he does a lot of Ryan Nielsen things. And then Durant's Armstrong probably would be, and Danico Autry also would round out that list. And so all of those guys make sense in the Ryan Nielsen defense. Uh, Hunter and Young are probably going to be the most expensive ones, although Brad is, Brad Spielberger is projecting Jonathan Grenard to actually get more per annual. You know, for Jonathan Grenard, he's going to get three years, $48 million, um, than what I think Chase Young is getting. So uh, that'll be interesting and more than what Bryce Huff is getting as well. So, um, you know, Hunter has connections to his coaching staff with Jerry Gray from Minnesota. Um, Clowney was a player, we talked about this last offseason, Clowney was a player that the Saints pursued when Nielsen was there. They didn't sign him. Uh, Zedarius Smith obviously has connections with Dean Pease from his days in Baltimore. Danico Autry has, I don't think Danico Autry overlapped with Arthur Smith in Tennessee, but Tennessee's defense is very similar to how the Falcons play. So Autry makes a ton of sense. It is a, a good scheme fit. And Durant Armstrong, uh, the Falcons, I can't remember what his role is this year. I think he's defensive line guy. Mario Jeboreal was part of, I don't know if he was his position coach at Kansas. No, I think he was an offensive line coach when Durant Armstrong was at uh, Kansas. 
years ago. So those are some players that make sense for the Falcons if they want to go free agent um, and try to get the best pass rusher. Of course, Marcus Davenport's also on the market, but not in the PFF top 100 rankings. Um, so we'll see. From what I understand, the Falcons tried to sign Davenport this past offseason. He chose Minnesota, and obviously he's had an injury plate season there, uh, but they could get another bite at that apple. And so basically it's like Daniel Hunter. And the challenge with free agency is going to be, right, like Daniel Hunter's projected contract is going to be three years, $65 million, so over $20 million a year. Do the Falcons want to pay that type of price? That That's the conversation we had in June about Daniel Hunter. That's the conversation we had in October about Daniel Hunter. Would the Falcons want to pay any player in free agency more than what they're paying Jesse Bates, which is $16 million a year, more than what they're paying Grady Jarrett, which is $16.5 million a year? I'm skeptical of that. I've been skeptical of that for you know the past year, which is part of the reason why I was skeptical that the Falcons would make one of these midseason trades for one of these edge rushers like a Montez Sweat. And you know, the price Montez Sweat signed a $25 million, basically a $25 million contract. And I was like, I don't think the Falcons will, will pay him that type of money, which is why they low-balled, I guess you could say, that trade offer, uh, allegedly, reportedly. Um, so I don't know. So I could see the Falcons waiting to the draft instead rather than paying this premium, you know, for one of these free agents like a Daniel Hunter. And when you look at the draft, and you know, we're going to operate under the assumption that the Falcons are going to wind up with a top ten pick because I'm not, I'm not feeling great about the Falcons beating the Saints this weekend. I, I want them to, but you know, they always lose these types of games. So, like, I'm not going into that game with high expectations. Spoiler alert for the crossover, but you know, the top edge rushers that are probably being projected to go potentially in the top ten, where the Falcons should be picking: Dallas Turner of Alabama. Layatu Latu of UCLA, Jared Verse of Florida State. Um, I think I've heard things about Latu. Latu to me is my favorite guy of that group, but he has some weird injury history. Um, Jared Verse, I'm I'm not as high on Verse as other people were, like when people were projecting him as a top 10 pick last year. I I didn't see that. I watched him early the season. I wasn't, I was like, yeah, he's he's not the guy that people have been hyping him up to be. But from what I understand, he got better as the season wore on. So I haven't watched later Jared Verse this past fall. So I'll, I'll do that before I, I make my final judgment. But my my general impression of Jared Verse is he's he's closer to Jermaine Johnson than he is like a typical top 10 edge rusher. So we'll see if that opinion changes uh, in the coming months. So I wouldn't necessarily love him as a top 10 pick Turner's probably going to be the consensus guy. Cause he doesn't have the injury concerns uh, that Latu has. And he probably has the length bend. And some people question Latu's athleticism. I, I think he's going to test better than people think, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, so I don't know if the Falcons going to pull the trigger on any one of those guys at the top of the draft, you know, maybe Dallas Turner, uh, especially if he can bulk up a little bit. I, I know he's, he's pushing two fifty. I think. Um, you know, Ryan Nielsen is going to want him to put another 10 pounds on. So we'll see about that. But I think more the style of, of edges that the Falcons might be looking for, a JT Tuimolau of Ohio State, Braylon Trice of Washington, probably late first, early second round sort of player. So I could see the Falcons passing on a edge in, in round one and, and pulling the trigger on that guy in round two. Um, you know, Braylon Trice to me, um, sort of feels like a, a good 
replacement for Bud Dupree. He's um he he feels very much like a Ryan Nielsen type of edge, right? 6'5, 270-ish. Um, I don't know what his length is, but kind of just a, a bruiser, a, a power guy. Um, and from what I saw in that playoff game uh against Texas, you know, they were lining him up all over the place and he was winning all over the place. So um certainly a guy that you know has a chance to make to elevate his stock with this with these playoff games uh with one more left to go so we'll see if by the end of that people are talking about him as a first round pick as opposed to maybe a day two sort of pick so though that's kind of the the general vibe i think i think there will be options for the falcons to upgrade their pass rush i don't know if there's going to be a single guy that you're going to sit there and be like boom he solved the Falcons' pass rush problem. Like, he's the final piece of the puzzle or whatever. Daniil Hunter's probably the best, the closest example of that. Obviously, Chase Young is, is another big name type of dude that has the talent to be that guy, but hasn't consistently shown it. Although you, you imagine Ryan Nielsen would love to get his hands on a player like Chase Young to kind of mold him a little bit, but we'll we'll see how that all plays out. So we'll wrap up today's episode by having the same conversation about the potential wide receivers available. The difference being the free agent pool is a little less in the wide receiver position and the draft stock is much deeper at that spot. But we'll break that down as we continue today's Lockdown Falcons. And before we get there, I do want to plug the Lockdown Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel. First of its kind, check it out if you want to get all the lowdown across not only the biggest stories in the NFL, but across the all the leagues, and as well as get that local expertise. Now, the NFL season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use. And there's so many different ways to bet, like same game parlays and finding bets in the new explore tab. And, you know, I love a parlay, right? You know, bet a little, win a lot. And FanDuel's made it easy because they have a parlay hub. And you can find some popular parlays that other people are trying. And, you know, you can innovate and be an icon yourself by finding more at FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. So wrapping up today's episode, continuing our conversation, answering uh, Richie's question about what's the next biggest position. We talked about edge rusher. We talked about what now let's talk about wide receiver. And, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation this offseason because I, I think wide receiver is not going to get as much love as, uh, as people think because it, the Falcons already have a number one. They already have Kyle Pitts. They don't need a wide receiver. I mean, we've had off and on, we've had this conversation for like the last two or so off seasons, you know, you know, two years ago when we drafted Drake London, it was like, we don't need a wide receiver, right? We have Kyle Pitts and whoever else we, <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know. It feels like to me, this wide receiver conversation has been a long time coming because I, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I feel like there was a podcast like, back in March of 2022 that was talking about the Falcons needing to upgrade their wide receiver position. And then they went out and signed Mac Hollins. And that podcast was like, I don't think this is solving the Falcons wide receiver position. And people for like the next six months were like, no, 
Matt Collins is going to be a difference maker in Atlanta. And then he's now relegated to being the fifth receiver and basically playing special teams and blocking whenever he gets on the field on offense. And I'm just like, man, whoever whoever was talking about that back in March of last year, that like Matt Collins is is not going to solve the Falcons' number two wide receiver woes, some they should give that guy a raise. Like I, I think he's doing a great job. So uh let me know what podcast that was. I, I just can't remember what it was, but you know, let's say it was like something something on Falcons. I, I can't remember. Anyway, but um let's let's talk about some of the free agents available. And again, looking at PFF's top 100 rankings, they do have uh T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, and Calvin Ridley all projected to be tagged. I know some of your questions is going to be, what does a franchise tag do for the Falcons draft pick? I I don't know, guys. Like, you know, I'm not invested in <laughs> whether or not the Falcons get a second. You know, what will be will be. Second, third, fourth, whatever. Don't care. You know, um, I know you guys are really care because you, you got to get your mock draft simulators going. Um, you know, for me, I just look at that pick and I'm just like, you know, that that could be the most consequential pick in, in Falcons history or it could be one of the most inconsequential picks in Falcons history. We'll find out. Um, you know, it'll more than likely just be a sort of complimentary starter that won't really impact this team until like 2026. So I'm not super invested in, uh, you know, whether that's a second or third or fourth, you know, that's just me though. But, you know, you guys do you, but so that leaves Mike Evans, uh, as the top sort of free agent that's expected to hit the market, followed by Marquise Brown, um, to me, the two the two guys that stand out, because when I look at what I think the Falcons need to target at wide receiver, again, assuming that Arthur Smith is back, like they need a number two that can sort of stretch defenses. That's what they need, right? That's that's what they tried to acquire with Van Jefferson, and they need to go right back to that well and find someone that can do similar things that Van Jefferson can do, but, you know, actually catch the football, uh, which, you know, I don't think it's Van Jefferson. Like sometimes guys miss him. And sometimes he just drops passes, but um, you know, so the two guys that kind of stand out to me and that, that can fit that mold are Darnell Mooney of the bears and, and Gabe Davis of the bills. Those are the sort of the two primary guys, but other wide receivers that PFF has in their top 100 rankings, Odell Beckham, Jr. Tyler Boyd, Curtis Samuel, Kendrick Bourne. Um, so Mooney and Davis are kind of the two, if the Falcons want to spend money, um, those would be the two guys you know, neither one of those guys are the most consistent players. We've seen very high level play from both of those guys, but the story of their first four years in the NFL has been mostly inconsistency. Um, and, you know, if you ask Bears and probably Bills fans, they would probably have generally disappointing opinions of those guys. And so signing those guys, you, you're basically betting, okay, well, we'll get them right. And it's like, I could, I, you, the Darnell Mooney argument to me is a much easier argument to make than the Gabe Davis. Cause it's like, you know, the bills have had a top five offense for like three years in a row. And so if, if Gabe Davis is limited in that offense, then he's probably certainly going to be limited in Falcons offense, but we'll, we'll see. But wide receiver is a position that is very deep in this draft. You know, there, there may be as many as a half dozen wide receivers taken in round one this year. And with the Falcons picking in the top 10, there are three wide receivers that are kind of the consensus that it seems like right now that'll probably be picked in that top 10, top five, top 10 range. Marvin Harrison Jr. of Ohio State, he's projected to be the first non-quarterback off the board. 
Um, you know, we'll see if one of these left tackles like Joe Alt of Notre Dame and, and Olu Fashano of Penn State can push him in that regard. But right after Marvin Harrison goes, the consolation prize is going to be Malik Neighbors of LSU. And it's not going to shock me that at some point in the next three or so months that you're going to hear some people being like Malik Neighbors is actually wide receiver one over Marvin Harrison. That that wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, Neighbors is a really good player. And frankly, kind of the to me, the, the ideal fit for the Falcons at that wide receiver position, that if they're looking for a guy that can just be a dynamic, like to me, the a player that Neighbors reminds me of, someone asked me earlier, this season who they compare neighbors to. And I said, DJ Moore. And I bring that back up because you guys just saw what DJ Moore did to this defense. And like neighbors is a really good vertical stretch receiver and also dynamic with the the hand, the ball in his hands. He's, he's the type of guy that Arthur Smith can run those 12 yard digs to hit him in stride over the middle. And he can turn those into big gains. He did that routinely at LSU. And you know, I it's funny because I know some people watch LSU to watch their wide receivers and get enamored with Jaden Daniels, and I watch LSU to watch Jaden Daniels and get enamored with the wide receivers. But those are the kind of the, those are the top two. Roma Dunze of Washington is kind of the consensus other third guy. I like Odunze. To me, he's like a slightly faster version of Drake London. Bruce Feldman in his freaks list broke down that said um Odunze can run a four three. I don't see that type of speed from him, but like Upper four fours, like I, I see that. Um, so I don't know if Odunze is is the dynamic threat that I want, but I think he's probably a a more dynamic threat than Drake London is, but is more of that kind of possession type of, of receiver. Now, once you get past those three wide receivers, I think that's when you get in your pick your flavor. Who's who's going to be your wide receiver four or five, etc. Is going to be depend on what you want, right? Keon Coleman of Florida State. Xavier Worthy of Texas, Brian Thomas of LSU, Adonai Mitchell of Texas, uh, Emeka Abuka of Ohio State probably will be sort of generally the next five in people's rankings after those the the top three guys. Personally, I'm a, I'm a Brian Thomas fan of LSU because I, I feel like he's that vertical threat that you want for that can really take the top off and also has the size that we know Arthur Smith covets. So to me, he... I'm leaning towards him as that fourth guy on my sort of personal rankings, um, or at least, you know, I might I might have him over Odense. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. But um, Xavier Worthy is another speed threat. He's a smaller guy, you know, but, um, you know, he could definitely stretch defenses. Mitchell is also a big, fast guy. Uh, Buka's not a big fast guy but he's he's quick i think he's he's more quick than he is speed guy and keon coleman's big um and can get in wind jump balls but like you know the falcons have already enough of those guys the the contested catch guys that's going to be the big concern about keon coleman and so coleman's going to be one of those players that i don't i don't know if like i think he's currently being projected by some people in the top 10 top 15 ish I could see him sliding on the board because he he's not a great separator. Uh, he's just kind of more of a jump ball guy. And those guys typically don't get drafted that highly. Excuse me. So we'll kind of see at the wide receiver position, but I think those are the kind of the two positions wide receiver and edge that I would look at as, you know, 
2A and 2B with the Falcons. And as I said at the top, depending on what you think is the key to beating better football teams that the Falcons are going to face next year, do you want to slow down those offenses or do you want to try to outscore those offenses? And probably how you feel about that, a lot of that kind of depends on who the quarterback is, right? You know, if if Falcons are drafting a quarterback in the top 10 or wherever, you know, maybe you want to invest your free agent dollars in an edge. I don't know. Again, it's, it's a lot of moving parts. So I'm trying to sit here and be like, well, you do this. No, but it's like, I don't know. You you could, you can run different permutations as much as you want. So yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I think depending on who your quarterback is, basically will determine whether or not you feel like you can outscore those teams. If we can just get a little bit more explosive, I, I guess is, is what I was getting at. Um, and so that's going to be the, the sort of question that will have to be answered. But I feel like those are kind of the big three, you know, personnel issues that you're going to have to deal with. Obviously the big question about is like, who's going to be running the show, you know, is it going to be Arthur Smith or is it going to be somebody else? So we'll see. I don't, you know, for the record, I don't see Terry Fontenot getting X, but we'll just sort of have to see about that just because general managers tend to have a longer leash. We talked about this before. Just because, like, the way that you judge general managers, there's no immediate way to judge general managers like there is with coaches with wins and losses, right? General manager, you're judging them off of drafts, but it takes three plus years for you to be able to judge a draft. So it's like you got to just kind of wait. But we'll see how that all plays out, guys. That's going to do it for us here. We'll be back tomorrow with an All-22 review as well as a crossover Thursday. Make sure you continue to make us your first listen. We're all part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. 